everyone, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, um, I have a acquaintance of mine that I met quite a few years ago, but somehow we've reconnected. Her name is Joy Lee, and she's here to tell us about more of what she does today. Hey, Joy, how are you? Hi, Flair. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. How have you been? Like, it's been forever. I know. <laughs> I feel like we met through like one of the most lovely people in the world. Yes. Hi, Diana. Diana. Yes. Um, but, and we've met a few times after that, but I've been good, you know, just learning how to be an adult. <laughs> yes. I, it's not yeah. an easy thing, but it seems like from what yeah. social media tells me, you've been doing okay for yourself. <laughs> just learning. Yeah. Yes. How's COVID been uh, since the pandemic? You mentioned before, um, we started recording that nothing has much changed for you really as far as work goes. Right. And so when everybody was starting to work from home in March or February ish, I was like, Oh my gosh, my dream come true. Like I'm going to be able to work from home. And then I worked from home for about two, three weeks. And then um, I got the call to come back into the office. So I've been going in to uh, my workplace physically in the office for a bit now. Wow. Um, but it's very limited. So it, it's still very safe. Um, only five or six of us have been going in. Oh, okay. Okay. So, well, let's get into what it is that you actually do at the office. Um, Joy is the press secretary for the House of Representatives. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. And so, yeah, I work in the House of Representatives, um, but in particular for the Speaker of the House. Which is like for me so incredible and so cool because um, one, it's a job that I just don't think about, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I, if I'm if I'm completely honest, and I hope I don't at me people, but like um, I'm like I'm not like fully in the po like political world. I don't really. Um, put that much of my time and effort into reading about things. Um, however, I do care about what's going on in the world. Um, but you're here to tell us um, a little bit more about what your job actually is. I'm not going to ask you any like political things, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I can't. And we I... might need more than an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, Joy, so what do you do? Like, what does your job entail? So, I mean, it's hard to describe in just a few words because um, it just every day is so different mm. for anybody in politics. But I would say, I mean, if you've seen any movie or TV show like surrounding politics and you always see like that press person who helps write their statements, um, kind of helps conduct press conferences where you see like a politician behind a podium um, you keep your boss updated on news, like what is the most important thing happening? What does she or he need to be aware of? And press events, a lot of events. So we've got um, lots of events always going on on Capitol Hill. So I kind of help with planning and conducting those. Um, and of course, social media is a big part of press as well. So, I mean, it's it encompasses so many things, mm -hmm. but overall big picture, it's kind of like, keeping that person's image in the public eye in a good way. So you're kind of an image controller, I guess. So um, you in particular, do you do this 
only for the Speaker of the House or like the House yeah. of Representatives as a whole? So my job is particular to the speaker and it's not just me and our press office. It's, um, we've actually got quite a big team. Um, mm -hmm. So everyone kind of has their own uh, piece of the pie, but a big part of my job really is kind of just keeping the speaker of the house updated on news, uh, making sure that she kind of gets out there in public what she envisions for her image and what she wants her constituents in San Francisco, because she's from San Francisco, to know. Um, we also communicate with reporters. I mean, that's also something I forgot, but a big part of our job is um, talking with reporters, helping them kind of write their stories, getting a quote in there if we think it's necessary, but also if they want to interview uh, my boss, then I kind of have to schedule and conduct that as well. Okay. Wow. Okay. It's a lot of stuff that you are yeah, responsible for. So like, <laughs> I know you said every day is a little bit different, but could you, I mean, just take us through like one day, for example, you wake up in the morning and then what happens after that? So usually I would wake up in the morning and the first thing that I try to do is kind of look through the news, what happened overnight, because news is always breaking. Um, and I think people in the general public know that as well. Like you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, like what happened? Um, so you kind of stay updated on the news and I try to do that in the morning. And then when I go to work, um, it kind of depends on the day. But for example, like today we had a funeral service for the police officer who died That's right. um, in the attacks on the Capitol on mm -hmm. January 6th. So basically I went into the office, kind of got started in planning what are the communications needs, the press needs for this funeral, because mm -hmm. the Speaker of the House always helps plan these funerals in the Capitol. So how many cameras are going to be there? And especially now with COVID, how can we social distance and how many reporters do we want to invite? what angle do we want them to see this, you know, event in? How can we, you know, use the press to be able to bring attention to the police officers' families in a good way so that they know that, you know, the country is mourning with them and hopefully that'll bring some comfort to them. And so today it was a lot about the funeral service. Mm -hmm. So basically depending on the news of the day and what is happening in the Capitol, I'm always thinking about how can we communicate this to the American public? Like you said, you're not the only one, you know, who is not super plugged into politics because like you open the news and it's like, all you see is division, right? Like this said that, he said that, she said that. And um, I think in our role, we're always trying to think of ways, how can we bring whatever is happening in the Capitol or whatever is happening in Washington, DC to the public mm -hmm. and making sure that they understand, but it's not something that they don't want to digest. Okay. Wow. Yes. I know, it's so <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I was thinking about a lot of things as you were talking and one thing that came to mind, so your team, you said that, you know, you were thinking about different, like, let's take for today, for example. Uh, I'm just curious about how, you know, you said that you have to think about all these things and how the reporters are going to do what and like the camera angles and how are you going to present the family um, of the officer that, uh, that passed away and um, in the most honorable and respectable way. And um, you and your team, you guys are like brainstorming ideas all day and trying to get this information out. Is that what you're what's happening? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But I think with something like today, it starts about a week before. And okay. so 
like lots of walkthroughs and lots of being in the location, kind of thinking through what would look best, what would be best. And so, I mean, it's a lot of brainstorming and it's a lot of back and forth between my coworkers and I, uh-huh. because um, we're kind of like a machine behind right. the member of Congress, right? right? That's yeah. crazy, Joy, that you do this. I <laughs> Like such important work. And I'm like so in awe of, of all of it. But um, okay. So how, I mean, I have a lot of questions, but I'm just going to get straight to it. Like, how did you get this job? Like, <laughs> like I feel like this is something yeah. that is not common. And it seems mm-hmm. like um, a job that most people would want. So it seems very competitive. Um, not that you're not capable, obviously. <laughs> it's not that's not what I'm saying. I hope you don't misunderstand me. But no, it's no, just, not at um, all. You know, I'm curious to how you ended up here and even like was this the path that you wanted to take in entering journalism? Yeah, I mean, as we spoke of earlier, I studied journalism in college. And so um, having done that in undergrad, that was always something that I wanted to do ever since I was a little girl. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna do TV journalism. Um, And even though it was very difficult to study it actually in reality Mm -hmm. and get that dose of reality of like, it's not all glamour and fun. I loved it. I loved learning about reporting and I loved like the grunt work of being able to put on like a 45 second piece right you know Mm. um, on TV but um, afterwards when I graduated my parents were in Virginia at the time and so I was like I'm going to take a month off um, and then I'm going to job search so I mean I was a little arrogant at the time obviously but um, (laughs) young me But um, so I took about a month off. And then when I started job searching for some reason, and it's not that I didn't apply for jobs in TV, but for some reason at that moment, I was like, do I want to move to a very, very small town and start, um, you know, a whole new life, which is exciting. But also at the time, I don't know, for some reason in my heart, I just felt like this doubt that I hadn't really had before. And then a big part really was to do with my faith is that I knew that in TV journalism, ultimately you have to work on Sundays. Like the path kind of is for 90% of reporters is to report then anchor on the weekends and then become a weekday or week morning anchor, whatever that may be. And so I was like, do I want to purposely go into a career at this point where I know I'm going to have to sacrifice Sundays and Mm. being able to worship on Sundays, which to me ultimately is my priority um, above any job or profession that I could have. And so I think realizing that at that point, I just kind of threw myself out there and applied for any job that had relation to journalism, like communications, Mm -hmm. press, event planning, whatever. If anything had any kind of connection, I was like, I'm going to apply for it. And then I got a fellowship, which is a paid internship at this organization that does um, work for racial justice. And it was a fellowship that lasted for like three months. Um, But I went in, I loved it. But during that time, I was always thinking, okay, I have to apply for another job because this is not permanent. Mm -hmm. Um, But thankfully that job got extended. And at that point, as I was thinking about what I wanted to do, of course, 
Um, in my head, I'm like, I'm in DC. I want to work in politics. Like, ooh, I want to be like one of those people with a briefcase, like riding the metro, going to work. Um, just once again, kind of arrogant at the time. But um, the thing in DC is people always say, if you want to get on the Hill, which is Capitol Hill, um, you have to either have experience or a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a known fact among anybody who lives in DC. And to me, I didn't have either one. I don't have a single connection. I don't know anybody. And I definitely did not have experience on the Hill. Um, And so to me, it was never really an option that I would even get to this point Um, because it's just like something unsaid, but everybody knows that unless you have a connection or you just have already had internships in school, like it's just not possible. Um, But long story short, I got a posting for a job on the Hill as a press assistant. Um, I didn't know whose office it was in, but I applied for the job. um, And I didn't even think twice about it because I was like, what's the point? But why not? Let's just apply. And then I I got an interview. Um, I interviewed about three times for this job. Like there were three rounds. And then eventually... I got the job and um, I started as a press assistant in wow. our office. And yeah, that's that was five years ago. Oh my goodness. Okay, so yeah. that's so exciting. Um, I hope like, that made sense. No, it made perfect sense because I guess that was my... My real question is like, I even I know that saying, you know, like you got to yeah. know somebody or you have to have experience. That makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's logical too. you know, as such a high profile, you know, DC is it, you know, if you want to work in politics. So, um, yeah, so my I guess that was my real question is like, did you know someone like what what happened? And that's like and not a thing. That's um, that's God, Joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but okay. So you got the job and were you, even in that, like, was there something that you feel like they were looking for that maybe a reason why they gave it to you? It's a really blunt question. You know, no, for sure. And I've thought that multiple times I've wondered that so many times. And I mean, you, even my family will tell you, I just cannot put together what exactly it was that allowed me to get to this point because there's really there's really not a possibility at least from what we know in human knowledge because I'm a proud UGA graduate don't get me wrong but it's not like an Ivy League school and I'm surrounded by people who've graduated from Ivy League schools and um, I once again I didn't know anybody and if I look back to that first interview I mean there's so many things I wish I could take back. <laughs> and the funny thing is like the things that I don't really like to hear about politics or my office, like, I feel like I said like five of those things in that interview, okay. you know? So it's not like I was like some impressive, you know, like, I don't know why I was saying all the right things. I didn't, cause I didn't know. I simply just did not know. I had no idea what life was like on Capitol Hill. I had no idea these kind of opportunities existed and um I mean there really is no answer for it and I've really really thought about it through and through and it's just 
I mean, it has to be, like you said, it's God who gave me this opportunity. And I have to trust and believe that to be true because there's no other way in human possibility that it could have happened. Well, no, I think you have to give yourself some credit, Joy. I'm sure they were impressed by the things that you said and probably your work too. I'm I'm assuming at, um, you said you were working at a place where it, it they did racial justice. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I'm sure like, a lot of that work was incorporated into what they were looking at in your resume. But but all that to say, um, <laughs> you got the job. And then, I mean, was it very, like, eye-opening? Can you tell us a little bit about your first job on Capitol Hill? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. Like, it was a culture shock. Because up until that point, I kind of was very sheltered, um, and had a very narrow view of the world and my life. And I think coming into not only politics, but a big office where I'm working with, our, our office probably has about 60 people total, which is way bigger than any um, typical office on Capitol Hill. So um, I felt like it was really a growing up experience for me because not only did I have to do something that I really you know, was unaware of at the time, like learning how to work with people, not only people my age, but people who have been here for 30 years and Mm -hmm. kind of being able to make my, you know, mark in the office, but also put my head down and get to work and without um, being a disruption. And so I feel like the first eight to nine months when I first started this job were probably some of the most challenging um, days that I've had. And I still remember them so clearly because I felt like I was really being pushed out of my comfort zone, not only with the work, because I wasn't used to the work in itself, but really learning how to work with a group of professionals and be an adult in a professional surrounding that even if you don't know, and even if you're not the smartest person in the room, like how can I be useful in this place and kind of finding that whether it's even going in super early in the morning and leaving, you know, late at night, whatever it may be, just finding that way to contribute in your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard. Um, mm-hmm. It was such a big culture shock for me in every way. And I did struggle, I think, at the beginning to truly understand what that time meant for me. But now I kind of see it as I really did become like an adult, like I grew up and I feel like I've matured during that time. Wow. So um, I do have a few previous guests that have been on that Mm -hmm. um, have expressed similar sentiments as you, like kind of this imposter syndrome of like, fake it till you make it and like I like what you said though like you know even though you're not the smartest person in the room finding areas where you you can be valuable you know and I feel like that is adulting you know Mm -hmm. not just quitting and being like throwing in the towel and be like well I can't do it you know, because I'm not the smartest person in the room. Um, That's really, really great advice, Joy. I'm just, even myself, I'm inspired right now to be better. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like, um, before this this job, were you plugged into politics? Like, were you savvy in in those areas already? Like, were were you already interested in those things? Yeah, I was definitely always very interested in politics. And I loved, you know, I mean, the news was such an already big part of my life being in journalism school that I was always very interested. But did I think that I would be, you know, aware to this degree and this stage of my life? Probably not. 
Um, but I mean, I probably was just like any, you know, other person who was very interested in politics. Okay. okay. Um, I loved it and I loved reading about it, but I also didn't know that I would be into it in this. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So crazy. Um, I can't get over that. It's really awesome. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, you said about the first nine or 10 months were really challenging. And um, I was, if you are able to, could you maybe talk about one of those, like a challenging moment for you where you felt like you really had to, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it would be very, like just who I am, like putting myself in your shoes, like being a kind of, I'm like kind of a perfectionist. I always just want to like, mm-hmm look good in the eyes of others it would be really I feel like it would be really hard for me but um yeah could you kind of go into a little bit of what you experienced yeah I think I'm my I kind of have a type a personality and so and I'm very much like a people pleaser it's just how I've always been and so I think I've had this view of the world at that point like you know, I can please my way into anything. Like I'm sure I can, you know, win over my coworkers and everything will be great and dandy. Um, but when I first went into the office as amazing as it was, like you kind of go through that honeymoon phase, right? Like at any job, like for the first five, six months, you're like, I don't care if this is terrible. I have a new job and this is awesome, you know? And so it kind of was a mix because I was going through that stage of it being a honeymoon, but also like reality hit me so hard in the face of Mm -hmm. like, you know, even if I'm doing my best at 110%, it's not always going to be received in the way that I intended. And my work is not always going to be seen in the way that I want it to be seen by others, you know, and you just cannot control what others think of you, of your work. Um, You just don't know how you're going to be received. And I think, um, and not only in politics, but I think in society in general, like when you enter in, it's like, you're no longer with just your group of friends who are similar to you. You're not surrounded by your family anymore. You're, you know, in a professional setting for a lot of people where work is their number one priority. Um, And I think that when a lot of times you're surrounded in a place where work is number one for so many people, um, whereas necessarily it's not like that for you. And it's not because work wasn't important to me, but I feel like for me, there was always a distance between me and my job because um, just having always been, um, you know, raised by my parents who are strong and incredible Christians and who have always instilled that in me, I feel like one thing I can say with pride, honestly, is that my job has never been my identity. I'm so proud and so grateful for my job. Um, and I thank God, honestly, every day that I still get to do this, but it's not my identity. It's not who I am. And honestly, if God was to tell me tomorrow, you need to walk out of your job and quit. I honestly, I can say that I can. Mm. And I think um, in society where sometimes so many people spend their time at work, so it does become their number one priority. Right. And I think, so everybody kind of, if you see something through a different lens, but it's the same thing. Sometimes you don't always click with everyone around you or your work doesn't always get appreciated in the way that you would hope just because, you know, you see work so differently. And I think, um, 
I kind of had to learn that you cannot please everybody, but also you can work alongside everyone and be helpful to everyone and pave your way in a place that is foreign to you. As long as you put your head down, you go to work and you work hard. Mm. And I think that takes time though. You know, like if I feel like in a culture, that's not really something that you're used to. It takes time for you to get used to, but it also takes time for people to get used to you. And I think having entered in and being at that time, the only new person at the time, um, I kind of struggled with how I could, I guess, I mean, I wanted to please at that time, but I think um, ultimately God kind of showed me that it's less about pleasing people and bringing them over to your side or making sure that people see your perspective, but more along the lines of how can I grow myself to be a contributor in this office and to be helpful to everyone around me um, without always thinking about like what people think about me, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And I think um, your stance is like so... I mean, yeah, it's humble, you know, and I just feel like it would be so challenging in that kind of environment to change your perspective in that way. But I feel like, you know, because your perspective was that is probably how you uh, like it. it, It's probably how you got where you are today, honestly, because, you know, I think with everybody. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what the environment is. But like, you know, in a competitive environment, some people tend to react differently than what you just said, right? Instead of being helpful, you know, a lot of people, I, I'm not talking about your work, but in general, like want to get ahead, right? And so I just um, in, am encouraged by what you just said. And I hope people listening um, will be encouraged too, because I mean, that's really difficult to do you know, in a place where you want to succeed, but you realize, well, that's not who I am. <laughs> and I'm not like these other people. You know what I mean? Like, I, sorry, I'm just, yeah, I, and I I'm, think that's societal. No, you're right. And it's really, I mean, I think that's society, you know, kind yes. of how we've been taught to see and think of society in itself. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just, I'm an external processor. So I'm just kind of like talking things out as you're saying things. But um, man, that's really, I don't know if I would have survived, honestly. (laughs) But that's really amazing. Um, So Joy, after you did this, um, you said you were an assistant, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, what were some, like, what were the next steps for you after doing that job? Yeah, so I came into our office as a press assistant. So just within time, I was able to have new opportunities as whether people left or some openings um, came up. So um, eventually I was able to kind of grow into my role now. That's awesome. Do you have any kind of mentorship like um, at your job or, you know, even when you were an assistant? Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, so many people especially on Capitol Hill, have been around for a very long time. And they're just like a wealth of knowledge and experience. And I think especially in our office, because my boss has been in politics for a little while. Um, She has so many women, especially women staffers who've been with her for a long time and who have always made sure that I was doing okay and reached out to me, always checked in with me. And I think now five years in, I can say that, I mean, I 
I've definitely been able to cultivate relationships with them where I would consider so many of them, um, not only women, but um, especially the women staffers mentors to me. That's amazing. Are there a lot of Asian Americans um, where you work? I would say um, not as many as there should be. There definitely aren't um, a whole lot. I would say that it's growing in number, um, but it's definitely not um, very many. Okay. Um, so were you, sorry, these thoughts, these questions are just coming to me, but like, um, were you on Capitol Hill the day that the rioters, I shouldn't call them rioters, they're rioters, let's just be real mm-hmm. here, but um, uh, invaded the Capitol? I was not. Okay. Um, I was actually supposed to be um, in that day, but coincidentally, um, there was kind of a miscommunication. And so um, I was working from home that day. Um, and then, um, of course, in the afternoon that happened. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's tragic. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It was so crazy. Mm-hmm. I was on my way to Florida to the beach and my friend, I don't get service. And my friend texted me, are you watching the news? No, what happened? It was uh, mind-blowing, honestly. I was in shock. But um, that's crazy that I'm so glad that you weren't there. Honestly, I'm really glad that you weren't there. But um, I mean, even, okay, so even this situation, that situation on this awful day, um, in that, like, are you responsible for the news that comes out of your office as well that day, like you have to coordinate all those things as well, like something like that? Well, um, so basically, you know, so many members and staff were in the Capitol that day. They were in the building that day. And so I guess to each of them, like their story is their own to tell. But we did do an interview with my boss afterwards I think a few days afterwards um, on 60 Minutes. And so for us, it kind of was her way to share her story, but also the story of um, the staff in her office. So we did coordinate that, but it was more of being able to kind of give her an avenue to share in her position because she is of authority. Right, right. Man, so like... uh. Sorry, there are things I want to ask, but I'm like mm-hmm. treading lightly. It's like I feel like this is a really big deal. Um, and you please, please feel free to just say no comment. <laughs> like, okay, like I don't know a lot of things, but like, you know, if there are things like that come out of the office that aren't supposed to come out into the news, like, how do you guys handle that? <laughs> um, I mean, of course, like every once in a while, those things happen. I would say within our office, it's very unusual. Like okay. I, I, I don't know of an, an occasion that that has happened. But of course, I mean, you read like tweets from reporters and you're just like, how in the world did, you know, mm-hmm. they know about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, they do have their sources and secret, you know, um, leaks. But I think what you have to do is just... First, I mean, you just have to always remember that no matter what, unless you're with like two people, 
you know, someone's always watching and someone's listening. And even if we are all on the same team, it also can be misconstrued, right? Mm -hmm. Like they may not have intended it to go out that way, but it did become public. And so I think you have to remember always um, who you are talking to and where you are, um, you know, in and what situation you're in. But also, I think it's one of, it's one of those things where you can't really control. Okay. You know, um, because it was just people the... want to talk. It's just like a question I wanted to ask, like, like, gossip. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, but okay. So let's get back to the technical stuff of your job, Joy, just for, um, for people listening. Is there a lot, like, what is there a lot of involved? Like it, there's a lot of reading I'm assuming of the news, yes. but like, is there a lot mm-hmm. of writing involved as well? Yeah, I would say so. A lot of writing, um, not as much in our office because we actually have speechwriters who do the bulk of the writing, but I would say, I mean, in almost any other member's office, I mean, there are 435 house members. Um, the press team is always writing. They're writing statements, they're writing fact sheets or mm. talking points or whatever it may be to get out to either reporters or even their constituents back home. So okay. lots of writing for sure. Okay. Um I meant to ask you this at the beginning of our interview, but could you break down what the House of Representatives actually is <laughs> for those yeah. that don't know what anything yes. about our <laughs> our government? But <laughs> no, of course. So Congress, the legislative branch, is made up of two chambers, which is the Senate and the House. And so the House of Representatives has 435 members. And, you know, each little district has its representative. So it's not really based on how many people from each state or whatever. It's based on each district. Mm. Um, And the Senate, of course, is two per state. And so those two branches or houses, I should say, make up the Congress, which is the legislative branch. And of course, you've got the executive, which is the White House, the judicial, which is the court. um, And that kind of brings everything of politics together. But Congress is basically just the Senate and the House where laws are made. Okay. Yes. Thank you for that clarification. (laughs) I'm sorry. My my questions today are all scattered all over the place. I just... um, have a lot of things coming up as you're talking so but anyways um so um what do you love about your job joy I would say I mean I love so many things but the biggest one would be just every day is like a learning experience so no two days are the same and I think just the evolution and change of what is always happening in the news, but also what's happening legislatively, um, you kind of get to go with the flow of that. So I would say every day is a learning experience. Things are always changing. So no, nothing is really the same and you don't ever get bored. Mm. Yeah. You stay busy, it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I mean, what are the, your hours like? I just can't imagine, like, yeah. there's, I mean, the news doesn't stop you know yeah it's like always going so yeah what I mean do you sleep (laughs) yeah yeah um, sometimes no um I mean we're definitely always on call like you're you're never you know you may be physically away from the office but you're never really not working just because you have to always be in the know and kind of be updated on everything and 
um, kind of fill like blank holes where there, you know, are some if needed. And so, I mean, you're just kind of a catch-all, like there's not really a job description because you're kind of filling whatever is needed at that moment. So you're kind of on call all the time. And I would say before the pandemic, I mean, you know, very, very long hours, early morning, late nights, but because um, just so few of us are going in, um, we're still there all day pretty much, but not as much, I would say. Okay. So like, isn't that stressful? You like it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it does take a toll, right? Like, I mean, since you spend so much time there, um, you, you don't really have as much time for like hobbies or exercise or whatever (laughs) you do to relieve stress. Like, I'm like, what is exercise? Um, (laughs) um, no, but I think, you know, when you love what you do and I when you genuinely see it from just a grateful point of view, even though it's draining at times, of course, it's not like rainbows and butterflies all the time. But I think to me, I genuinely feel a joy and an excitement of going to work and being a part of our office, just because I feel like it's a, it's always a new opportunity not because like, oh my gosh, I work here, but it's just, you know, a new opportunity given to you each day. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so what are some of the things you don't like, if you're allowed to tell me that even, (laughs) without getting in trouble? Um, I mean, I would say the most challenging part probably is just, you know, how much time is invested into work, you know, Um, for all of us, I think, uh, who work in politics can say you don't have as much time for any, you know, personal um, things, but Mm -hmm. also, once you've been in it for quite some time, you know, my five years of it seems like that's a long time but um yeah I think you kind of learn to find some kind of balance Mm. um in it even though you're busy um you still find a way to be able to kind of relax or to be able to take stress away from you by doing things that you enjoy okay yeah I mean like it's just so fast-paced I'm like already overwhelmed just listening to you but (laughs) but um, I know I feel like I'm just like no no I mean like so you know you mentioned too that like it is like this is a kind of consuming job that you love Mm -hmm. um and you mentioned you don't really have time for much else um can I ask you on a personal level, like, does it ever get kind of lonely? Because I would imagine, too, like, mm-hmm. you can't really talk that much about your job to other people, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, definitely. You can't be like, oh, my gosh, today right. at 9 o'clock this <laughs> happened and then at 10 o'clock this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for I feel sure. Like- but I would say, um, in terms of, you know, I can't, to be honest, I can't ever say that I felt like a loneliness. Okay. Um, I mean, just because I think first of all, physically, like my family and I are very close and we're together, especially when I'm not at work all the time. And so, but I think also, um, like your coworkers kind of become your family. Yeah. And I think when you have that at work, even though a lot of it is just strictly professional, um, I, I don't, I can't say that I've ever felt really a loneliness. Mm. So I imagine like, okay, I, cause I just watch a lot of TV, right? Like, <laughs> is it like as cutthroat as they make it? Like everything just seems so yeah. like. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I, some parts are, 
Okay. I mean, of course, some of it is, you know, dramatized, but I would say some parts of it are very cutthroat and it is very busy and crazy all the time. But of course, it's not as glamorous as mm. one might think. Right. Just from the outside, <laughs> just because, I mean, there are glamorous parts, of course. Yeah. Um, but not always 24-7. You know, I'm not like right. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Well, speaking of work, yeah. speaking of glamorous parts of the job, um, I did see that you attended the inauguration. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, How... I, I I was working. Yeah. Sorry, you were working. Right. You were not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, what a special day. Yeah. Um. How was it? Like, just uh, working that event mm -hmm. can you even yeah. call it an event it's still I feel right, like it right. minimizes it but <laughs> I know I mean it was leading up to it I feel like just because there's so much talk about planning and this and that what needs to get done and how does this happen um I mean I was always very excited for it but it didn't feel as real just because when you're looking at from a work perspective you don't always think about sure. oh my gosh it's the inauguration um, but on that day, um, we got up very, very early. I mean, it was like 5 a.m. And of course, the security was really tight. So you had to get in at a certain point. Um, but once the inauguration started, which now I'm blanking, but I think around like 11 a.m., um, once the music started playing and everything was happening, and even though I was still working, I just got like, it just like, a wave just came over me and I just got so overwhelmed. Mm. Um, and I, I, I started like tearing up and crying because I, I just couldn't believe it. And I just was so overwhelmed with like gratitude that I, out of all people, God would give someone like me this opportunity to be here and to work at a, an event in a place like this. And I just, I, something just came over me and I just started crying because I couldn't believe it and I think just the fact that I was even able to say that I was standing standing there um, in that moment all of a sudden it just became unbelievable even though like months ahead I knew I was going to work um, and I mean it was incredible um, that's really the only way I can describe it it was amazing yeah wow I mean, I think I, it's not the same feeling. I cannot compare you and I experiences in the inauguration, but like just being in a moment where you feel like, oh, God has a plan for my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like yeah. that's probably part of what it is that you're feeling. And it, it is, it's an incredible feeling. I, um, it was so beautiful. The whole inauguration was so beautiful. And um, man, that is really cool. You guys, yeah. you can do this if it's possible. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's so cool. Well, Joy, was there anything else that I didn't ask that maybe you wanted to share with people listening? If there's not, it's OK, but. Um, no, I mean, I would just say, you know, if anybody is interested in doing something in politics or something similar, I would say don't always, you know, be discouraged by the path that people say that you have to take or should have mm -hmm. taken. Um, you know, there's no cookie cutter way to get to the job that you envision or want to do. And I truly believe that it's about 
like the desire in your heart, but also how you pursue it, not necessarily in the things that you do, the internships, the people you know, but I think in going about it in a way where you're just available to work Mm -hmm. and willing to work hard. And I mean, take it from me, you know, um, I definitely don't have the same path that a lot of people in politics do, but, you know, I've, I've been given this opportunity with, you know, for some reason, for some, um, plan that God has for me. So I would say, don't always get discouraged by what people say that you should Mm. be doing or should have done. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for that piece of (laughs) advice. I think it's something that is necessary and that we all need to hear today. Um, Joy, one last question before we end our time together. Um, I'm curious on a practical level, um, are there some like characteristics or qualities about yourself that you feel like have benefited you in this job that maybe someone that is like hearing this and is like, oh, that sounds really interesting. But, you know, they have everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you don't mind maybe highlighting some of your strengths that maybe help you in kind of, um, yeah, doing your job well. Um, yeah, I would say... Um, I mean, I don't know that this is particularly a strength of mine, but one thing that is definitely helpful is being able to kind of bring people together or build relationships very naturally. Mm. You know, I think when I think politics, one of the biggest things I think is relationships. You know, you have to build relationships with your coworkers, your boss, other people in other offices, um, kind of help bring people together in different offices as well. And so I would say a big strength that definitely could be helpful in a career in politics is being able to kind of easily bring people together, but also build a relationship with someone and have that rapport and first interaction comfortably yeah I feel like that would be extremely important especially in all the coordinating that you guys do Mm -hmm. as well and um, how you represent the person that you're working for Mm -hmm. that'd be really important yeah Yeah. I just um, feel like uh, that's what I want people to know here as they listen to is kind of um, where their strengths are and the different kinds of jobs and careers that are out there for them to exercise uh, what they're good at. So thank mm-hmm. you again for sharing that part of your life, Joy. And um, of course, really grateful for all your vulnerability today um, and your transparency. Um, But hey, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to reach out. If you have any questions, um, I know someone on the Hill. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a connection, yeah. (laughs) Um, But Joy, would that be okay with you? I know you're super busy. Yes, of course. No, I would love that. Awesome. Thank you so much again for your time. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye.